Panthers offseason has been here for about over a week now. And on today's episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, we're going to talk about some end-of-season superlatives for the Cats. And we're also going to preview both conference finals in the East and West, all on today's episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, which your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Roland Devilles from PantherParkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. They'll be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. So I think that this is, after being off for a few days now, I hope everybody had a great Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Sorry I couldn't get an episode out uh, over the weekend. It was traveling a little bit, uh, and it was a little hard to do a show. But here we are. We're back and covering the Panthers still this offseason and talking about still breaking down what was for the Florida Panthers, even though they still fell short. Uh, of getting to their ultimate goal of winning the Stanley Cup in the second round by the cross-state rival Tampa Bay Lightning. In today's show, we're going to preview the conference finals, but in the first two segments, we're going to be talking about some end-of-season superlatives for the Panthers this season. And you know what that means? It's a Wednesday, which means it's a Winans Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And let me bring in my Wednesday guest here on the show, Jacob Winans. Jacob, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's funny because uh, you were talking about last week about how the Michael Scott quote, the feeling dead inside, and then you come on the show this week uh, wearing the Dunder Mifflin uh, hat that you have on. So uh, was it was this by design? Um, no, actually, uh, just kind of by coincidence. But, um, yeah, that show is awesome. Shout out to my girlfriend for getting me the Dunder Mifflin hat. <laughs> it's a birthday <laughs> gift last week, so I had to wear it. <laughs> I'm not really a big uh, office uh, person, even though it's a great show and the few episodes that I've seen uh, – that I, I really enjoyed. My favorite one was when uh, Dwight uh, put the set the building on fire and was trying yeah. to put the escape methods, uh, the emergency uh, methods. And uh, Michael Scott is like, everybody stay calm. And he's like freaking out. So that was one of my favorite uh, scenes that I've ever watched from The Office. So definitely got definitely to gotta binge that show from start to finish, uh, for sure. I haven't had that opportunity, but <laughs> hey, uh, definitely a great show. But hey, we're, we're here to continue talking about Panthers, even though it's the offseason for, for the Cats. So, end of season superlatives, and you know, this is the time of year where still, you know, still to really reevaluate everything from this Panthers team, and and of course, we're over 
them being eliminated, we, we, we were really, you know, we kind of are in the mode of acceptance now at this point with this team. Of course, the conference final, uh, as of this recording, they have not begun yet. We're about just over 20 minutes from puck drop of game one between Oilers and Avalanche. But let's 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 have some fun here, uh, Jacob. Let's uh, let let's discuss some of the superlatives that we have uh, for the Panthers. For for the, for everybody listening, uh, I did send Jacob these categories for the superlatives for the Panthers, but we don't know each other's answers. So this is this this would be a very fun exercise for the both of us. So. Some of the some of the answers might be the same, and some of them might be different. So let's have a let's have a discussion. And for for everyone listening, and if you feel feel free to disagree, feel free to at us if you think our answers are crazy, if you think they're they're right on the money, feel free to at us uh, at Jacob Winans eight and at Monoman twelve and at L O underscore F L A Panthers. So this one might be an easy one to start for the Panthers, and it's Team MVP. Uh, and we'll alternate uh, of who goes first and who um, and for each uh, category. Team MVP. I think this one is a very obvious one for myself. And of course, Jonathan Huberto played a majority of the games, a 115 point season uh, for the Cats, and was a uh, was a player who really carried this team, especially when Alexander Barkov was out uh, for for over uh, 10 games. And Jonathan Huberto really uh, stepped up for the Panthers taking the, the leadership he continues to be uh, on this team. So my t- team MVP for the Cats is Jonathan Huberdeau. Yeah, we're going to definitely agree on that one. Um, Huberdeau had a breakout season, um, broke pretty much every record you can possibly break for, for point scoring. Uh, he's de- he was definitely the team MVP this year, but I would definitely say if Barkov had been healthy the entire time, I think he would have been team MVP. Um, I- I'm still going to give Huberdeau the edge on that one. For sure, and health has a has definitely a, a lot to do do with with that. And of course, it, even if Barkov was healthy, he definitely would have been in the running as well for the heart. Let's also not forget uh, team MVP, and of course uh, for the heart for the entire uh, NHL as well. Next category is uh, most improved player, and I'm going to give you the floor on this one first on most improved player for the Panthers. Uh, yeah, most improved player. My pick is going to be Mason Marchment. Um, I think he was fantastic this year uh, for a long time, was at a point-per-game pace. Uh, injuries kind of derailed him at the very end. He didn't get to, didn't really get a, a chance to shine in the playoffs, but he was my most improved, and my uh, uh, honorable mention there it was, it was a splitting hairs between him and Anthony Duclair for that one. Mm-hmm. It's funny because my honorable mention, uh, it, it's weird it for this to be an honorable mention, and I think this isn't my pick. But I was thinking of an honorable mention as Sergei Bobrovsky based on the front, but it's really, when you think about most improved, you think about a person who hasn't really broken out in their career. And Sergei Bobrovsky has two Vesna trophies to his name. So it's really hard to put Sergei Bobrovsky in that category. At first, when I was writing this down this morning, I was thinking, Bob, but it's like, wait, I got to choose a better one. But uh, Mason Marchman is uh, ten points in in the in the in his first season as a Panther, and then almost a point per game. But of course, like you said, injuries uh, derailed him um, mostly for for this uh, season. Uh, next category is biggest disappointment, and my pick is actually someone who's actually not on the Panthers anymore. He was actually playing in the conference final, 
my pick was Frank Vitrano. And Frank Vitrano had a, had a decent career for the Florida Panthers, but of course, being scratched for 11 games and not being able to crack the lineup uh, resulted in him getting uh, dealt to the New York Rangers for a fourth-round pick, and then uh, eventually that pick being uh, traded to acquire uh, Ben Sherratt at the trade deadline. But hey, Frank Vitrano is uh, doing wonders for the New York Rangers. He's definitely a big part of how why they are where they are in the conference finals and of course uh of course for the rangers uh tyler mott and andrew cop are also part of that and you can't name a better trade deadline this season than the new york rangers but as far as the panthers perspective i'm gonna say frank vitano is my biggest disappointment for rangers. Yeah, um, I I really do like your uh, like your your point there. Um, I, I don't want to bash him too much because I feel like he was a guy who was just really in in need of a change of scenery. Um, getting to New York, he got the minutes, he got put in the top six, he he had an opportunity to shine offensively. So um, I think it was more about fit than than skill or talent for him. Um, so yeah, definitely, I, I'm happy for him in New York right now. He's he's fitting in really well there and probably played himself into a nice contract. Um, and of course, you got to remember uh, his last game as a Panther. He did score a uh, game-winning goal, uh, two goals in that game against San Jose. So uh, I have to give him credit there. But um, my pick is also a guy who's no longer a Florida Panther, and my pick is Owen Tippett for most disappointing uh, for the Panthers. That's this a good year. one. Uh, um, last year in the playoffs, he, he was on that um, line with Bennett and Huberdeau, and everyone kind of figured he was going to break out this season, uh, become that that top six right wing that the Panthers desperately needed. Uh, and by the time the trade deadline rolled around, top line right wing was a massive need in the Panthers lineup. And Owen Tippett did not step up and fill that role the way he was expected to. Uh, his development came along really slowly. And um, yeah, for me, he's he was the most disappointing player on the roster this year. Uh, even got demoted to the AHL for a while. Um, and, and at the time he was traded, he was playing for the Charlotte Checkers. So that's, that's not what anyone anticipated from Owen Tippett this season, uh, especially after his dominant preseason that he, that he showed. Um, so, so yeah, he's my pick for most disappointing and hopefully he can get his career on track in Philly, uh, getting the, the ice time that he needs and, and maybe more of the, the game experience um, to, to play a 200 foot game. So he's my pick. Yeah, and the uh, preseason that you were uh, talking about for Owen Tippett, especially that game against the Dallas Stars where Dallas was playing mostly their uh, starters while Panthers were playing most of their prospects in that game. And then Owen Tippett definitely shined as as, one, as most of the younger players. So that there was some hope there for Owen Tippett at the time for, uh, for him to really have a breakout season. Uh, next one is a uh, player who you will lose sleep who's under contract if they get dealt this offseason. I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, so you said a player that I will lose sleep over? If you he gets will traded? lose sleep. Okay. Um, this is a tough one because we've, we've heard some names floated around. We know that the cap crunch is on this summer. So um, my pick is uh, is going to be uh, – this is a tough one. I, I've got two in mind. Um, I've got Anthony Duclair and I've got Brandon Montour. Um, I'll make the case for both of them. As far as Duclair, he was disappointing in the playoffs. I understand that. Uh, I've heard a lot of people uh, talking about his uh, about his uh, poor playoff performance two years in a row. I understand that. But he's also a 30-goal scorer, and he's also under contract for the next two years at $3 million per year. 
Um, if if we were to give him up, it would basically be a second a second instance of a Jonathan Marchessault situation. Uh, you just don't give away thirty goal scores because of a poor showing in a, in a small sample size in the playoffs. So um, for me, Anthony Duclair is a guy you got to keep around, and he will break out in the playoffs. It's just he, he doesn't have the experience. This was just his second time there. So um, that's he's my he's he's my one of my picks for for that category. And then Brandon Montour is another one. Um, I know he's a third-pair defenseman, but he, he does a lot more than just your average third-pair defenseman. And I, I really feel like for his cap hit uh, in the current defenseman market right now, uh, defensemen are very overpriced. And I think Brandon Montour has a reasonable cap hit, and he's a guy who can slide up and down the lineup. So those two are my picks for, for guys that I really would like to not see traded. My pick is... I, I like I like your uh, I like your uh, what you said about Anthony Duclair. Caput is very reasonable for the Panthers. It's very team friendly. Thirty goal score for for the for the Panthers, and definitely small sample size, like you said. So definitely not somebody that that I wouldn't want the Florida Panthers to give up on. But, but they'll, they'll play up as much money as possible. But you don't want to lose a whole bunch of productivity from your team, and th- this is why. If this player got dealt this offseason, you will see a not-so-happy Armando on Lockdown Panthers. And this player is Sam Reinhart for, for me. I will be livid if he gets traded this offseason. You give up a, a first-round pick for, for Sam Reinhart and Devin Levi in the, in the, in the, on the night of the draft, past midnight, when this, when this deal was announced, at least, for the Panthers. And for, for those keeping score at home, the pick for the Panthers that they will be sending to Buffalo is in, I believe it's pick number 28 for the, for the Sabres. If, if I'm not mistaken, uh, pick 20, yep. It's pick number 28 as of right now for, for, for the, for the Sabres. So my pick is Sam Reinhart, 13 um, power play goals for Sam Reinhart this season. And the only power play goal that the Panthers had in the postseason. Um, came from Sam Reinhart in Game Three, and we talked about getting into the slot about all those block shots, block shots and block passes that the Tampa Bay Lightning had. Look what happened when you got in the slot that one time on your on on the power plays when they had so many opportunities. It was Sam Reinhart once again for the Panthers, and he's a guy who definitely gets on the doorstep. His cap hit is big for for the Panthers, but. That, in my opinion, I think that's worth keeping him around still for the amount of production you're getting. I mean, he's a former second overall pick uh, for the for for the Buffalo Sabers. So, I mean, that's the that's the guy I would lose sleep over for sure. Yeah, I got I got to agree with you on that. Um, Reinhardt's a really good pick there. Um, he he really revamped the power play a little bit. Uh, he he brings a lot of what Hornquist brought last year, except he has a lot more skill to it. And um, just if you look at his point totals this year. He did hover around a point per game, and that was after his ice-cold start to the season. So uh, once he got comfortable, he really never slowed down beginning to end. Uh, Definitely disappointed a little in the playoffs, but it was his first time ever playing at that level. Uh, Obviously, you're not playing many playoff games, if any, in Buffalo. Um, And and he he did not make it there um, with the Sabres at any point in his time in Buffalo. So I really think he's a guy who needs to grow with this core. Uh, and he, he was unstoppable once he got comfortable in the system. And, and again, talk about guys who can slide up and down the lineup. He played on every line from third through first and was productive in all three situations. So I think he's a guy you got to keep around. Mm-hmm. Next one will be player you won't lose sleep over if they get 
dealt. Uh, my pick is Radko Gudis, and of course, hits are hits are nice and all, and he de- he definitely brings an intimidation factor. Sometimes watching uh, Jacob Truba with the New York Rangers, sometimes I think of da- um, Radko Gudis for the Panthers, but for the, for Radko, I see him sometimes get beat a little bit too much um, on on his own end, despite the intimidation factor that it brings, and definitely uh, the the amount of times that I, sometimes I see uh, Sergey Bobrovsky out out to dry at at times. So. For a player that I won't lose sleep over if they get dealt, my pick is Radko Goose. But hey, he does have uh, one year one year left on his deal, so and it's a pretty uh, inexpensive deal for uh, Radko. So uh, that that's a player that honestly I won't lose sleep over if if, um, if he gets. Yeah, I. I... I was actually a little surprised at you answering uh, with Gudis there. Uh, I feel like he's a, a big reason why the Panthers' culture has changed um, under Bill Zito, but I do understand. I, I get where you're coming from. He, as far as production, he doesn't produce a lot. Uh, gets pinned in his own zone from time to time, and yes, he definitely d- does go chasing hits a lot, and it can it can cause problems um, as far as giving up quality chances. So that's a, that's a good, uh, good analysis there. Um, my pick... I'm sure a ton of people out there are, are going to say Mackenzie Weger. There's a lot of people that, that have been screaming for him to be traded. I'm not on that bandwagon. Uh, I think you keep Weger around, and I think I, agree. Uh, I think next season's going to be his, his best season as a Panther. So I, I'm not I'm not going to say Weger. I'm going to disappoint a lot of people. Um, my, my pick is going to be Patrick Hornquist. Um, his cap hit is large. He's making, if I'm not mistaken, 5.3 or somewhere around there next year. Uh, it's between 5.1 and 5.3 for his his cap hit. 5.3. This is not to exactly yeah. This is not to say I don't want him as a Panther. Uh, as a matter of fact, I would love to uh, do a little Brooks Orpic situation and maybe trade him to someone who could then buy him out, and then we just bring him back on on the league minimum, the the way the Capitals did with Brooks Orpic. Um, I could really see that happening because I feel like he's an important part of the team. Uh, but for five point three million, uh, you're you're talking about a fourth liner who's not who's not um, healthy most of the time. He he, he misses a ton of games. Um, the, just his style of play is not is not an everyday style of play. He's a guy who's going to be in and out of the lineup, uh, and his production has has trailed off as he's gotten older, and he's, his foot speed is just not there anymore. So for five point three million. A team that needs cap space, I think Hornquist is the sacrificial lamb. Um, but again, uh, if we could somehow manage to Brooks Orpic his his contract and bring him back on league minimum, I would be all for it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, he, he's my pick. All comes down to the cap hit for wanting to move Hornquist. Of course, leadership uh, for him is definitely it, definitely worth it for for this Panthers team. But of course, that cap hit Panthers gotta gotta find a way to uh, to uh, create more space in order to sign some RFAs on their roster, and, of course, maybe make a run at a certain player uh, that they traded for, which we could discuss uh, later uh, in the show. But we're going to transition over to the next segment where we're going to continue our superlatives for for the Florida Panthers and their season. But first, we're going to tell you all about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Find they're often pointless or seemingly intimidating, questioning, and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save money, time, and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend up 30, 50, or even 100% more on the same parts for a chain, 
store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to their easy-to-use website today and find the solutions to all your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Like locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts of your car, rockauto.com. Second segment here on this June 1st edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And before we continue, uh, the Locked On Podcast Network has an important favor to ask all of you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On Podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. So, Jacob, next category for the Panthers is – who is in prime position to take the biggest jump in 2022? I have a feeling we might have the same player on this one, but I'll allow you to go first on this one. Who is in prime position to take the biggest jump in 2022? Yeah, so um, I know who you're going to pick. So I'm rather than agreeing with you, I'm going to I'm going to take an alternative route. Um, I, I have a feeling your pick is going to be is going to be 15. Um, so I'm going to go with. Um, I'm going to go with two guys. I'm going to go with Lucas Carlson uh, on defense. Mm. I think he's I think he's in a good position to have a, an everyday role next season. Um, I, I don't believe we're, the money's going to work out to keep Sherratt, and that puts Carlson back as the six D. Uh, I think he I think he showed uh, a lot this season in limited minutes. I think if his his role expands, he's going to have a really good season. Um, but my my number one pick for this is actually a guy who's not on the roster right now. Um, I'm going to pick Grigory Denisenko. Uh, ah. I think I think next season there's going to be some opportunity in the bottom six. Uh, there's going to be guys who are not who are not here. I think Achari we could see leave. We could see, we're all anticipating Jumbo Joe will be uh, out the door, and uh, remains to be seen if Maxine Mammon's going to stick around. And, and like we just said, Hornquist could be uh, on the way out as well. So I think that opens up an opportunity in the bottom six. And I think Grigory Denisenko is going to take that and and step into the lineup. Um, I think he's going to, I think he's going to climb his way up the lineup throughout the season and maybe grow into a Frank Vitrano type role as early as next season. So my breakout player is going to be Grigory Denisenko coming back from injury. Yeah, Grigory Denisenko, like you said, an injury riddled season for the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, only played uh, a few games uh, this season. Uh, that that one game uh, where where the the COVID the COVID game against the Los Angeles Kings and struggled to struggled uh, since uh, moving over here. Um, Lucas Carlson is an RFA uh, this offseason, arbitration eligible Panthers, so he could find himself uh, filling in on another role unless the Panther route. I can see Ben Schrott, uh, walk, walking for for the Panthers. Looking back at that trade, maybe not the best trade that you you make. Uh, was I wasn't I wasn't. I wasn't heavily impressed by Ben Sherratt, though. Though I know, though of course, hindsight is twenty twenty, uh, and you know he played with uh, Shea Weber in the Stanley Cup Final just last year. Uh, 
maybe maybe if you're Bill Zito, you maybe like look back at that as like, hmm, it's a little bit of a head scratcher for for as far as the trade for Ben Schrott. But yes, you are correct. My pick is number fifteen, Anton Lindell. Of course, struggled with a few injuries uh, this season, um, missed missed some time, but of course. Uh, the I, I expect a big jump for Anton Lindell. He I don't know whether his plans are to stay in uh, South Florida. I think Instagram. I think he just got sponsored by Gatorade, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I got to double check That's on correct. that. Yep. But I saw something related to Gatorade on his uh, Instagram. So um, definitely, um, if he if he does stay around uh, for for the off season, I can see him bulking up and then having an even better. Uh, 2022 2023 season, and you know if, if he was if he was healthy uh, throughout the last season, he's, he would definitely be in the in the race for the the Calder Trophy for for sure um, for for the NHL. So yeah, that's my pick, and I thought that was a, a little bit of an easy one for uh, both of us. But all right, yeah, yeah, definitely. I want to I want to uh, add to your to your point there on Lundell. Um, because I, I feel like I feel like you touched on it really well there. I, I think um, we call him Baby Barkov. And that's that's kind of his nickname in, in Panthers media is Baby Barkov. And if if his work ethic is anything like Barkov's, I would not be surprised to see him take on the second line center role as early as next season. That would not surprise me at all. Um, I, I think he's I think he's got the potential to do that. But um, an interesting comment from Zito after the season. Uh, was that he said Lundell's going to uh, get in the gym and he's going to get stronger. And I think that's the biggest part of his game right now that needs development. It's just his size. Uh, he's still a kid. Um, he, he's he's got to get bigger and he's got to get stronger. And once he does that, he, he has every tool there. He's not going to miss as many games. And, and yeah, he's he's a guy who's, who's ready to explode. But um, the one thing about Lundell that I'll add is his playoff performance was not good and it led to him getting healthy scratched. That... To me, that's the that's the motivation he's going to need. That's the the thing that's gonna that's gonna be in his mind over the summer. So, um, I really I really do like your pick with Lindell there as, as your breakout player. I think next season, look for him to hit sixty points. It's a growth opportunity for him. That's for sure. Uh, that's how I see it for for Lindell. And uh, you might have teased the future episode topic in in when talking about Anton Lindell and uh, predicting maybe what he might. Uh, be uh, next season, but we'll, we'll save that for a Fairbanks Friday edition of the show for uh, the the president of the Anton Lundell fan club, and we'll yeah, that's his that boy. More, that more with, with Nick when he when he comes on. Uh, next one for for is who is in position, and I hate to using that for as far as um, not in, as as I hate using the term position for the biggest fall. Because I, you don't want to see anyone take a fall for, for the Panthers. Um, who is in position to take the biggest fall? And my answer for me is Sam Bennett for, for the Panthers. He, I think he's, um, if I had to choose one person to take the, the biggest fall, um, it, it's likely Sam Bennett. The, the home road splits are big for, for Sam. Of course, most of his production came in the beginning of the season for uh, Sam Bennett. Of course, uh he he laid it low on uh so he laid it low on some of the hits towards the latter part of the season, then getting much uh trouble uh for 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 the Panthers. Of course he had uh he took a very big one uh in game um game four yes, game four, uh, against Washington and uh and didn't result in a suspension for uh T J Oshi. But hey, um as far as uh the 
the Panthers, I think the person, if you, you had to choose one person to take the biggest fall next season, uh, I think it's uh, Sam Bennett. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Um, I think Bennett is going to regress a little bit. Um, not even necessarily at his own fault, but I think Anton Lindell's growth is going to eat away at some of Sam Bennett's, Sam Bennett's minutes. Um, and also, as the season went on, we saw Bennett, uh, who started the year on the top power play, relegated to the second power play. So um, naturally, his production is going to trail off a little bit. Uh, and, and you're right. His, he was red hot to start the season. It was kind of average the rest of the way. Um I still think he's going to end up being a 20 goal, uh, 20 goal scorer next year. Um, I, I'd put him around 40 points, 20 goals, 20 assists. Um, not necessarily bad numbers at all, but um, I think he's going to he's eventually going to slide into a third line center role, uh, third line center, or he's going to have to move to the wing um, as Lindell develops. But my pick for the uh, biggest regression for next year, I'm going to go Mason Marchment. Um, I'm not sure uh, if he's. I'm not sure if he's going to be here in Florida next season. Uh, we're going to have to. We're going to have to see. Uh, uh, yeah, we're going to have to see how that plays out with uh, <laughs> with his with his next contract. But I do not think he's going to maintain um, the near point per game numbers that he had this year. I, I love his game. I love Mason Marchman. I hope we can find a way to keep him. But um, I, I don't think he. I don't think he matches this this production next season. I I feel like it's going to be hard for him to do that. Especially uh, if we keep around a certain a certain guy who ate up a lot of top six minutes the second half of the year, I don't think the opportunities are going to be there as much for 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 March. I'm surprised you picked Marchment because I I'm I'm kind of under the assumption that he's going to go that he's going to walk. And when you think of Mason Marchment, the person I want him to get the bag. I, I do want him. I I I, I want yeah, him to and- get that security for himself. So I'm surprised. I was really surprised that you picked Marchman well, on that one, assuming well, that he's here. Yeah, personally, um, we talked about Vitrano and Tippett as as players who are no longer here, but we still pick them. I'm not necessarily yeah. saying Marchman's going to be here next season. I think wherever he goes, I don't believe his his production is going to match this year's production. I, I think That's if fair. someone if someone spends big on him this off season, they they have to be really particular about about the role they play him in, or else they may not get that return on investment. Um, but again, that's not a knock on Marchment. That's just he he played so well this season. It's gonna it'd be very hard for him to match that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all, sometimes it's sometimes it's all about the system that a player is in, and will will he fit into the system wherever he goes, whether whether it's staying in Florida or going somewhere else. All right, free agent to prioritize uh, for the Panthers. For me. You gave up a lot to get this player, uh, and I know there's a cap crunch for the for the Panthers, for 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 them, but free agents to prioritize. Minus Claude Drew, I think you got. I think, I think there's so much unfinished business for this uh, Florida Panthers team, and I know they they got to really try to really get to the negotiating table and say. And Bill Zito just has to tell Claude and his uh, his representatives, we have a chance. We fell short this year, but if you, <laughs> but not necessarily in so Ottawa. I mean, I don't know what those negotiations will look like, but not saying that hey, they might not they might not have the same as what the Panthers are right now. But I I think that I think that, I think you got to prioritize bringing back Claude Drew. I don't know what the numbers are going to look like, but I think you really I think he is the one. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think I think Mason Marchment. I would love to see him back, um, but he's not a guy who you can ask to take a discount. Um, he he broke out, and it's time for him to secure the payday. Um, I I don't think you can ask him to take a discount. I think Claude Giroux. Uh, he's the guy you have to prioritize bringing back. Um, I think at his age, his his experience. Um, I, I think he's a guy who will be a little bit more lenient on the price tag, and he's he's going to be someone who you can work with on fitting him in. Um, but yeah, the, the, the sample size we saw with him, uh, we saw Giroud get back to a, a point-per-game player. Um, who wouldn't want to play on Barkov's wing? Uh, I think if you can get Giroud for maybe a two-year deal, um, fit him in with the other guys who are on contracts with similar term, I think he fits nicely in this in this particular cup window. And then if it doesn't work out, he he's, he's not too old where he doesn't have options after that. So I think if you want, if he wants a, another shot at the cup, he's got a couple of years to do it here. And I think you have to prioritize bringing him back. And, and at that point you have your top six and arguably your entire top nine uh, solidified for the next couple of seasons. So I think uh, whatever it takes, you find a way to keep Giroux. Uh, we probably can't offer him the, the amount of money other teams can, but uh, you can offer him a, a chance to win uh, a championship that he hasn't gotten before. So I think, I think he's the guy you got to, you have to focus in on this summer. Mm-hmm. And when you think about past this year, uh, as of right now, this is subject to change 28 million in cap space two years from now. And, you know, you subtract that offer. If you offer Huberto a $10 million a year for his cap it minus, if you were to say six or seven for Drew past next year, you'll still have maybe over $10 million in cap space. Uh, of course, of course you got to sign certain players to, um, to, as well, but you know, if if you look for that far into the future, it it could work. It, it could work. I mean, Vegas has made their situation work of stress um, with, with uh, wheeling and dealing, but they've made their situation um, um, at least as far as putting players on the ice uh, work work in a, in a way uh, as as well. But we don't want to get too much into a cap crunch like Vegas is because they got a big mess on their hands. But of course. I don't think Bill Z- I think Bill Zito looking at that, uh, he won't he won't let it get to uh, that level for sure. All right, free agent to let walk. I'll let you go first on this one. Who is the free agent that you are um, willing to let walk? Uh, we kind of touched on two of them already. Uh, Mason Marchman is a guy that I would I'm reluctantly gonna let him walk, um, only because we can't match the offers he's gonna get. The guy that I, I'm okay with, with letting go is Ben Sherratt. Um, we gave up a ton to get him. The fit wasn't perfect. Uh, I think a lot of that wasn't necessarily his fault. I think a lot of it had to do with Ekblad's injury. Um, they didn't really get the time to, to gel as a pair, and, and they were thrown together in the playoffs, and they hadn't, they hadn't had any game experience. So um, I think he and Ekblad could have been a really good pair, uh, like a, a Sherratt Weber type situation. It just didn't happen uh, because of Ekblad's injury. So for me, it's Ben Sherratt. Uh, you let him go. Uh, take the L in that trade. It's unfortunate. You lose uh, Ty Smilanich and you lose a first round pick, but it's what it is. Um, those are the, the chances you take when you're contending. So I, I think you just let him walk. He's going to get a, a good offer somewhere, um, but he, he doesn't really fit what the Panthers are doing going forward as far as the up-tempo uh, fast-paced style, puck moving. Uh, he was more a playoff body. And and I think when you need playoff physicality, we address that again next year at the trade deadline. So for me, uh, Shiraz the guy. You, just, you, you let him go. 
I like that pick. Uh, it, 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 that would have been my second in line had I not chosen the player that I uh, that I chose. And this might surprise a lot of people. My pick is Molochari. Um He's 30 years old now, and I actually looked at his cap friendly, the amount of times he's been on IR. I counted uh, the amount of times that he's been on IR. And I'm not going to – if I'm a coach, I'm not going to ask Norwichari to change the way he plays because the way the way Norwichari plays is, is defensively sound, person who's not afraid to eat pucks, uh, a person who's there on the penalty kill. But the best, the best ability sometimes is availability, and sometimes Norwichari has had a little bit of a struggle. And this has been his uh, – his, um, it's not to his fault after what happened in the preseason game in Orlando, but this has been the season where he's uh, been out the longest time and, and has had the, the worst of his injury luck uh, this past season. But even prior to that, he's had a lot, uh, quite a few stints on injured reserves. So it's not anything related to like his, his play specifically, but it's just more about uh, availability for um, Nolachari. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think Achari is a guy. It's not necessarily anything he's done wrong. Uh, he, he fills his role and he does it well. My thing is, there's just no room for him anymore. Uh, he's he's a good center and that uh, bottom six center. And at times, uh, early on when he was a Panther, he was up and down the lineup just because we didn't have the depth. But now, if you look at our centers, we've got Barkov, Bennett, Lindell, Lusterinen, who really developed this year. There's just nowhere to, to put Achari unless he moves to the wing, and he, he's just not as effective as a wing. Um, so I, for me, yeah, Achari, I think that's a really good pick. And uh, he, he did his job for three years, but I think he's he's on his way to a, to a, new, a new team, definitely. For sure. Uh, and those, those, uh, those trips on um, injury reserve uh, going all the way back to when he started uh, with the Boston Bruins. So it's, it's been a, it's been a little bit of something that has followed him throughout his career. Of course, we don't wish that on anybody, but uh, definitely uh, he, he, again, he's 30 years old now for, for, and signing a player to some over the age of 30, you gotta be careful with, with, with those. That's for sure. Um, we're starting to run out of, of, of time here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. We had we had both our support, uh, both segments based on superlatives for the Panthers, uh, and we, th- those are our picks. Tell us whether you agree with them at us at at Mondeman twelve at Jacob Wyden's eight to tell us what you think about our picks and tell us who your picks would be for uh, some of these uh, these superlatives uh, for the Panthers. In the next segment, we're going to discuss our conference final preview and our picks um, as, as, the, as the conference finals have just begun. It's a little bit past 8 o'clock here on Tuesday night. By the time this audio comes out, you guys will know the result of game one between Edmonton and Colorado. But first... We're going to tell you all about Bet Online. And our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, Stanley Cup playoffs, fight, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Widen's Wednesday edition of the show. So, conference finals are both set on the East. We have the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the New York Rangers in the East. That starts on Wednesday night. And 
the Colorado Avalanche versus the Edmonton Oilers that starts uh, on Tuesday night. Like like we said, we're recording uh, right now at eight, so puck drop is is just about to to drop for for the Western Conference Final Game One. So it's funny. We all have expectations, and some are expecting a very high-scoring Western Conference Final and a very low-scoring Eastern Conference Final. But who knows with these playoffs? We could see a, something very different. I mean, we expected more than four games in the Battle of Florida, and we expected more than five games in the Battle of Alberta, especially after Game 1 uh, in the Battle of Alberta, after what happened there. But, uh, Jacob, the... It's funny because I was just uh, talking about uh, this with the host of Locked On Oilers, uh, Brett Holden, uh, a sneak preview of to, um, of Thursday's show, which will be a bandwagon series of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. We'll be, we'll be bringing three out of the four remaining uh, teams hosts on the show for tomorrow's. Uh, you can guess which one I'm not bringing on of the three of the four. <laughs> but <laughs> we, we spoke about Mike Smith and how – Career-wise, he's been he's been great in the playoffs, despite not not being not so great towards the latter part of his career. He's a he has a career nine thirty save percentage in the postseason, two forty goals against average. Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl are taking this team by storm. Evander Kane is has twelve goals. Four four Florida Panther draft pick Zach Hyman has eight goals um, for the Oilers. They're getting that secondary scoring that they didn't have last year after being uh, swept by the Winnipeg Jets uh, last season. Colorado finally gets out of the second round. They 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 trade a first round pick for Darcy Kemper. Uh, they 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 uh, trade for Josh Manson at the trade deadline. Resign Gabriel Landeskog uh, th- th- this past offseason. and Kel McCarr. Uh, uh, but maybe maybe could win the Norris uh, this year. Him, he's a finalist uh, along with Roman Yossi. This is going to be a hard series to predict, but I think as far as depth for the Colorado Avalanche versus the Edmonton Oilers, Edmonton has been a great story this year. But I I don't think they have the amount of depth that the Colorado Avalanche uh, have, and this this just looks destined for the Colorado Avalanche to finally make it back to the Stanley Cup final. And I, I think that the Colorado Avalanche are going to win this in six. Yeah, um, it's hard to it's hard to bet against uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. They, they've been on another level this, this year. Um, but for me, it's, it's definitely Colorado. Uh, getting through the second round finally, I don't see anyone stopping them. Um, I think it's their cup to lose this year. Um, even without Sam Girard, I think they're deep enough defensively. Uh, obviously, Girard is out for the rest of the way with a broken sternum. Um, but I, I think I think defensively, they're still deep enough to win. Um, and then offensively, it's it's not just the top line, the heavy hitters and, and McKinnon, Landeskog, and Rantanen. They've got Kadri, who's been absolutely unbelievable this year. Um, they've got they've got a lot of depth as far as uh, Arturi Lekkinen, who they got at the trade deadline. Uh, they have they have penalty killers like Helm and Cogliano. They've got um, mm-hmm. Val Nishuskin, who has been it, it's completely turned his career around uh, since getting to Colorado. I, I just don't see any weaknesses on that team. And then you mix in some of their young talent like Newhook and and um, they got a uh, Sturm from from Minnesota, who's played nicely. So I think I think. They're just too deep. Um, there's no way they're going to lose this series. But McKinnon versus McDavid is going to be an absolute show. 
uh, for however long this series goes. But I, I've got Avalanche in six as well. Yeah, and and, and you were talking about um, and you were talking about uh, Sam Gerard. Uh, man, what what a horrible injury for for him to 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 go through. Uh, I've never broken my sternum, and that, that that doesn't sound like something that I would um, want to experience. And of course. Uh, let's go in Byram, who has dealt with his fair yeah. share of injuries throughout his career as well, and that he's uh, been able to still contribute to this uh, Colorado Avalanche team. Uh, of course, the expectations was to be a top pairing defenseman, but he still he's uh, he's uh, helping out the team. And of course, the trade for De- Devontae's a lot of Islander fans are still upset that uh, Barry Trotz uh, was a, a let let him go as well. So that's an honorable mention for the. For the Colorado Avalanche as well, and of course, let's not let's not forget that um, what Nazem Kadri dealt with with the fans in St. Louis after that incident with Jordan Bennington as well. So let, let's not let's not also forget um, that, and of course, overcoming that as as well. So the he's Devils, a motivated guy right now for sure. He's, absolutely, he's playing motivated hockey. Absolutely, and I don't know if you saw that quote from Jordan Bennington about why he threw the water, but it was kind of comical, but. But yeah, uh, that was ridiculous. <laughs> we, we could we could go on we could go on a lot about that, but um, but, yeah. yeah, pretty pretty ridiculous, kind of classless, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm definitely not defending some of Kadri's past, but that has nothing to do with what what he's dealt with in the past round. So I'm definitely rooting for him the, the rest of the way. I, I think uh, I think he's gonna have a great rest of the playoffs, and I'm happy to see him overcome that from last round. Definitely, that that was that was pretty rough to to see. You don't like seeing that at all. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. And um, all right, Eastern Conference Final: uh, Tampa Bay Lightning versus the New York Rangers. The Tampa Bay Lightning got a whole bunch of rest. They they played last Monday against the Panthers, and then their game one starts on this Wednesday. So we're thinking we're seeing, if my math is correct, nine days off for the Lightning. While the New York Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes went the distance. No, no, no road team won until Game Seven, and the the power play for the Carolina Hurricanes was kind of like the Panthers. They they went cold. The New York Rangers converted on both their power plays early. Igor Shesterkin had not only a lot of saves, but he had two two assists in in uh, in their in their win uh, against uh, against Carolina in Game Seven. So Igor Shesterkin. Andre Vasilevsky, if you if you love goaltending, I, I compare a goaltending battle to like a pitcher's duel in baseball. If you like that kind of game, then this is the series for you. And Vasilevsky, and against the against the guy who's likely going to win the Vesna this year, and who, who was a candidate for the Hart Trophy uh, this year, Igor. And of course, the the power play for New York has been been great this season. Chris Kreider has had has broken out big time this season. And this is a rematch of the 2015 Eastern Conference Final for when the Tampa Bay Lightning defeated the New York Rangers to advance to the Stanley Cup Final before eventually losing to Chicago. And, of course, Bedman is... Uh, Bedman, Artemi Panarin, definitely showing why he's worth that contract in New York. Don't... don't <laughs> looking back at it with the Panthers, I don't know if... if uh, uh, for the cap crunch of how you were going to make it fit long-term as far as the rest of the roster. So as far as the cap perspective, maybe better. Um, it was best for the Panthers not to uh, sign them to a long-term deal. But for the Lightning, man, they they are, we talked about it, where 
this was a season for the Lightning where they were all about pacing themselves to get to the playoffs, and then they turn it on at the right time. I mean, they were down by one heading into the third period of Game Six before coming back and winning, and then they win Game Seven on the road. They 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 got their mo they got their mojo going, and of course the Panthers unfortunately were on the receiving end of what happened, getting swept by the Tampa Bay Lightning, but. I hate that I'm picking. I I hate that I'm picking Lightning. Um, I hate that I'm picking Lightning in this series. But is if I'm if I take my Florida Panthers lenses off, and if I'm going to be objective about this, I think it's the I think it's the I think it's the Bolts that are that are going to um, defeat the New York Rangers, and I think that it's going to be uh, Tampa Bay in six. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's five for the Bolts uh, to advance to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Um, I, I think Tampa is going to win this in five, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Rangers are able to make it six, uh, just because they've shown an ability to come back a lot uh, in this playoffs. Um, I just think the top end talent Tampa has too much. Um, I think the Rangers they rely a lot on on youth. They have that kid the the line known as the kid line that has been really good this year in the playoffs. They've got Keandre Miller, who's um, a very young defenseman, eating up a lot of minutes for them. I think those guys are going to be a little bit overmatched by Tampa. Uh, mm-hmm. Tampa's just—they're kind of a machine at this point. They—they they get there, they know what they're doing, and and everyone does their job. What's kind of pushed them over the top this year is—is is the the veteran production that I didn't think they would get as as well as they have. I didn't think Corey Perry would still be as effective as he is. Um, I didn't think Nick Paul would have the as huge of an impact as he has had, and Brandon Hagel has been good too. Um, I think they, they just have too much for New York. Um, Shesterk is going to keep them in it. They're going to be in every game, and their power play can produce. So they're, they're, they're going to be able to, to keep pace a little bit. But I just think at the end of the day, Tampa just has too much. Um, and and there, there are reports that Braden Point is expected to play at some point in this series. Um, if he comes back at any point, uh, the, Rangers, the Rangers are in big trouble. I think, I think Tampa is going back to the final. Uh, and I think Colorado is the only chance of, of ending a three-peat, to be honest. Mm. And we've we seen a player like Alexi Lafreniere, who didn't really have the best first season for, for the New York Rangers, but he's definitely he's definitely improved. And I've seen some big defensive stops, one that, that Shesterkin was out of his net, and he goes right to get his stick out of of. The, for the puck to not go into the goal. So I've seen a lot of great defensive plays from Alexi Lafreniere. And Capo Caco um, has been a, a player who's he, he was actually an RFA this offseason who, you know, they're, they're not not uh, not the production that they want to see out of him in his first few seasons as well. So definitely uh, for Lafreniere and Capo Caco, that definitely those are players that if you want to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, those are going to have to be the players who really uh, step up. Of course, Lucas Abanajad is gonna is gonna produce. I mean, he's been outstanding. I mean, I mean, every, every time the, they're on the road uh, against Carolina, every time because the Carolina had the last change, you always saw the star line out there uh, matching up against uh, Zabanajad. But Zabanajad, who I, who I think might be the future captain of the New York Rangers now that he's extended, uh, has definitely been had a great postseason for for the for the New York Rangers as well. And, of course, Adam Fox, a Norris Trophy winner as well. He, he, he was definitely a big part of that Game 7 that, uh, that got him over the top. And Jacob Trudeau, we called, we called him the, the New York Rangers version of Radko Gudis. I mean, there was a few hits that he had that might have, uh, that might have uh, 
<laughs> really uh, hurt a lot of players. I mean, I mean, Sidney Crosby. You're thinking about Seth Jarvis. I'm missing. I'm missing another one. But it was Seth Jarvis. Max Domi was in there as well. He threw a big one on Max Domi. I remember. Yeah, that, so there was a, quite a few hits. You're going to have to be very physical. And, of course, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning brought that physicality uh, against the Panthers um, in, in their matchup. So, definitely, uh, Jacob Truba is uh, defi- who, who, who's uh, on, on the team for four more years after, after this year. So, definitely uh, a guy that is, is uh, an intimidation factor for the New York Rangers as well. And they got to find a way to intimidate uh, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. But it's really hard to intimidate a two-time Stanley Cup champion, of course. Um, not, barely anything is going to face uh, this team. And, of course, the ultimate X factor, Igor Shosturkin, if they want to find a way. They, he's got to be um, he's got to be like godlike in order to, <laughs> to find a way. But it's going to be a the climb. But, hey, we're, that's what we hope, right? We're Panther fans, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and Vetrano is on the Rangers. So I, I guess if you're looking for someone to cheer for, it's him. So. And Gerard Gallant. Let's not forget. And Gallant. Gotta love Gallant. We advanced the Eastern Conference Final at the scene of the crime that he was let go back in 2016. That's correct, and, yep. And then he advanced. And, uh, and, the, and the broadcast uh, after Game 7 said, uh, mentioned, mentioned that. I'm like, man, you, I, I was thinking, that's right, it was at PNC Arena. I was like, man, yep. <laughs> you just had to mention that. <laughs> yeah. So, but, Jacob, I want to thank you. Thank you for coming on this is Wednesday edition once again of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. After this show, we're gonna enjoy some of the hockey. But in the in the meantime, uh, tell everybody where they can follow you online. Definitely, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Winans Eight, uh, and you can keep up with my work at PantherParkway.com as usual. Absolutely, and thank you so much always for joining. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Hockey and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listener of the day. And for your second listener of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown NHL. Lockdown NHL covers the playoffs like no other. And opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans. And you can listen to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Go to your team every day. <laughs>